This is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read some stuff this week. I watched a show this week. We are covering impeachment American crime story. Oh, my gosh. Uh, (laughs) This is covering the Monica Lewinsky Bill Clinton affair that happened in the mid 90s. This is fascinating stuff to me. In the wake of Me Too, in the wake of everything that's happened to our culture the last few years, I've taken it upon myself to like kind of re- refix just my view of the world. So this is a very interesting point of history in our country in particular. So I couldn't be more, more excited that a show as serious as this is taking this topic and centering it around the women in this scandal. Because for those that don't know the American crime story kind of brand, they did the OJ Simpson trial. And I saw from the producers, what makes this series is it's a national scandal where you think you know everything, but you don't. There's a broad range of characters. And the part that I find the most interesting, it's also a crime America is guilty of as well. Mm hmm which the first season, the broad topic is racism. The second season is homophobia. This one's misogyny. The crime of the American people is all coming together through the media and destroying these women yes. that were involved in it. The success of the first season really is come, uh, the praise for Sarah, Sarah Paulson's performance as Marsha Clark, the prosecutor in the OJ case. That was really mm-hmm. served to be her reclaiming of her narrative. This show really purported her whole new uh, appreciation in the public eye. People realized how unfairly she was treated. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's all the more perfect that they're now focusing that lens on Monica Lewinsky uh, and Linda Tripp. Paula Jones and the other women in this scandal, because it really is a story of women. Right. Brad Simpson, one of the producers, he said, we devoured them and then moved on our way, referring to the American people. Yeah. These are the lenses. The the book, we often cover something specific, and in this case was specific, said it was based on this book, A Vast Conspiracy by Jeff Tubin, and it came out in 99 in the midst of right. all of this. Hot on uh, it. <laughs> hot on it. Worked as counsel for the Department of Justice. Has eight books. A lot of them to do with legal things. The OJ TV show was also based on a book of his. Yeah, that that was the first season of the show. And when they you know needed the basis to be able to go off and do this thing, they found him in his book. And it was so incredible yeah. that they realized they wanted to basically option everything that he that they could of his and they right. he just he has so a happened book. to have this about the he, uh, the Lewinsky affair yeah he has a book on the supreme court on obama trump lots of stuff that people are interested in turning into other movies or tv shows he was writing for the new yorker from 93 to 2020 very recently the irony in this case mm. of this monica Lewinsky bill clinton situation of a man taking his penis out in the workplace was This is based on a book by a man who did the exact same thing last year. He was caught masturbating on camera during a Zoom conference with other New Yorker co-workers. Probably one of the more horrifying things that could be seen or done. He said he did not realize his video was on. I guess it wasn't in relation to anything that was going on in the Zoom, but immediately fired. Uh, He didn't resurface until June of this past year, 2021, where he's a legal analyst for CNN. But all that to say, he did not serve as a consultant on the show. Nothing really to do with the TV series, except for that they bought the rights to the book and then say that that's what it's based off of. Right. And and when you're doing a show based on something real, you have to have a basis for it. You can't do it. Well, you know, you have to you have to find a way. And most people are taking stories from the newspapers, you know, uh, novels and such like this. But 
when they option these things and they license these stories, they're not bound to exactly what was in that book. So whereas Jeffrey Tubin is the first and foremost basis for this uh, this season of this show, in particular, this type of scandal, this recent of a scandal, couldn't be more multi-source and varied. Right. Because um, I skimmed through the book. I'll admit I didn't read the whole thing because our episode is not about the line by line account of what's going on. But because of his legal prowess, it does side more with the lawyer stuff and the legal situations and, and right. more of that angle. So if you if you did want to read a book that has that lens, that's kind of where it's coming from. So it gives you the basis to be able to go into these things, but they know when they're going in, it's like, oh, we really need to reframe the narrative around Monica Lewinsky right. and Linda Tripp and Paula Jones and this and so forth. Yeah. So Ryan Murphy is the person who is responsible at the top of the umbrella for this. He's done Nip Tuck, Glee, American Horror Story. But he said he always envisioned the series told through women's eyes. They had optioned the book. They put it aside in 2018 after saying, well, we need Monica Lewinsky and her involvement Which for is her to sign on. fascinating because they are famous for not involving their subjects at all. Right. So the fact that now he's that we can't do this without her is very fa- is is just fascinating. And then it's even more all the more so that that she was open and willing. And then it happened. And she's an executive producer on it. Mm-hmm. So she signed on in August of 2019. We'll get to where she went and all the fallout of it yeah. and everything. But that kind of made me think about as we talked about. Well, if the book isn't really so much what it's based off of, and they got Monica Lewinsky on board to vet some things. And Ryan Murphy is just overseeing it. Who's the actual person that's that's the creative figurehead behind this? Mm. And I don't know if you see. And I was always attributing, and I guess most people do, just Ryan Murphy. And I thought (laughs) I honestly thought this would be an episode about Ryan Murphy. (laughs) Well, it's not surprise, surprise. (laughs) Taylor coming in with the surprises. Got me again. Uh, And I mean, it's kind of interesting too because I had a little trouble finding information about this as well but I did find I'll post links some interviews with the showrunner of this Sarah Burgess a name I mm. had not heard of at all fascinating in that she also wrote every single episode whoa really which is crazy especially that is for something very like this. interesting I am very very interested <laughs> now <laughs> so what she is known for mostly is a playwright Mm. In one of the interviews, she's saying like a lot of the scenes you'll probably see are people having lunch talking (laughs) proves that I'm a playwright. Most of my stuff is just people sitting down in rooms talking. (laughs) But for something like this, that's a lot of what happened, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, so the the centers around recorded phone conversations of people mm -hmm. gossiping. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the first big thing that she did was a play called Dry Powder. It was a comedy drama set in the private equity space, the a firm. This came out in 2016. The thematics dealing with the moral responsibility of what they're doing juxtaposed with the complex abstract business. I don't even really know everything private mm-hmm. equity. It's money managing other people's money. You know, it's like, yeah. And then the next play she does is about Washington lobbyists, which is very much political close to go. home. Okay. So she's interested in this stuff. Yeah. You yeah. Know, outside she, of. Oh, now, now, before we move on, so was she involved as the showrunner before this season? This is the third season of the show. No, no, no. The, she she was brought on. She's not the showrunner for the other ones. Gotcha. So this, this is, is entirely this is specific for, for this season. This is interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. She's from Alexandria, Virginia, tying into the Washington lobbyist stuff. The way that 
she got into this. She knew Brad Simpson, who I mentioned at the top, one of the producers from New York. So they had a connection. In the middle of 2018, he proposed this to her, but she didn't feel like it was right. Because similar to us, in terms of being fam- as familiar as you could be, she was 14 when all this happened. Wow, yeah, okay. So she doesn't. She didn't really have a context that maybe she thought would right. behoove someone making all this. But she read a few books, one of which she said was The Death of American Virtue by Ken Gormley, which came out mid-2000s, I believe. Mm. So if you wanted another take on this uh, story and phenomenon, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. hard to know what to call this. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I paused in that. Uh, She also listened to Slow Burn, which was a podcast that came out the second season in 2018, focused entirely on the impeachment of Bill Clinton. So she used both of those to inform the season of the show and realizing that she could tell it from a woman's point of view one of the other big reasons being that her mom and her dad both worked at the Pentagon. Like I said, no Alexandria, way. Oh Virginia. man. Yeah. So She's she went perfect. to the Pentagon <laughs> for take your daughter to work day. She was there often. So she kind of knows that side of things when Monica and Linda meet after being put over there. Mm-hmm. So she agreed and started writing the first three episodes and her first draft really did focus on Linda Tripp and Paula Jones. And I know you're interested in Linda Tripp. Oh, man. I have. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've been obsessed, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. I had never heard the name Linda Tripp until we started researching for this episode. And the first episode of this show came out. Um, right. Because it's always Monica. And right. Bill, I've known Monica Lewinsky my entire yeah. conscious life, if, you <laughs> right. know, for real. Like, I've known that name and that caricature of that person. Yeah, uh, my entire life, but I've never heard or, or cared or I just didn't know who Linda Tripp was. This is entirely mm-hmm. new to me. But to, to to find this woman being centered as the antagonist in this is so incredible to me. It's an it's an amazing centering of the story. The the point of view here is just bananas. She is so human. I mean, for much of her life after this was considered the most hated woman in America um, because she is a woman that actually recorded their her conversations her private conversations with Monica Lewinsky and then thusly turned them over to the star investigation that was already right. investigating the president for obstruction of justice uh, I mean she's a multi-dimensional character from all sides she's a real living breathing person that has things going wrong and wrong and right in her life in all places mm-hmm. they're going out of their way to go like well I think that she really cared she cared about a lot uh, mm-hmm. and she felt like she had something to offer. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, when she got involved here, she thought she was getting involved with somebody who was being abused. Uh, how this started. That's not how it ended up. But it's, mm-hmm. Linda Tripp has emerged as such a fascinating character to me. And, and I know uh, as much as I can f- could find about her life. And, and I have some ideas of what they might do with it towards the end of the season. But uh, I just I have been so impressed with this character being centered as this antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just couldn't like, say more about it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's, right. why, that's why Why also, because Sarah Burgess was saying, it's not a story that gets told a lot with women, this sort of pain, terms of being dismissed, loss of yeah. status. Uh, another piece of media, there was a book that came out right away called Monica's Story with mm-hmm. An- Andrew Morton, who wrote it, who also did the Princess Diana thing. So right. she used that as a basis for things. And Linda Tripp is in there obviously a lot because it's Monica's account of what happened with her. It got parodied in Saturday Night Live for the time. It's a very notable John Goodman situation, her dieting and eating Hmm. and the fascination with food with both of them. And 
Sarah Burgess was uh, sort I, of this is it's so it makes me feel bad. You know, this mm-hmm. is the thing. This is this is she got character characterized in the media like the, I mean, Saturday Night Live. John yeah. Goodman is playing her. You don't have to say yeah. much more about what they're what they're saying about her. It's, yeah. How do you escape that? You went from being a nobody working as a secretary, basically, to like now you're a caricature on Saturday Night Live about mm-hmm. how you're like this like psychopath, like sociopath, basically. Like, yeah, and it, it's this is a it's a weird it's beyond words. Um, mm-hmm. and I, so like t- even just talking about these things, I'm like, Oh God, it makes me feel dirty. So I'm like, I'm, yeah, as much as the show is not here to like gives Linda trip a pass. It is here to say like, you don't know Linda trip because <laughs> it's entertainment. First and yes, foremost, this, it's a story. Yeah. That's a show. It's a drama show on TV, but they are trying it. So Sarah Burgess, she was saying, reading this stuff and listening to all of the tapes between Linda Tripp and Monica, which I think was 20 hours. Yes, yes. Or something that she but she listened to it multiple times, many, many hours walking around New York writing this thing. And she said in terms of the dieting and the food, she was like, I had to put it in there because it's just something they talked about a lot. Yeah. How could you not? It yeah. was It was a connection point for them. And it also speaks a lot to the 1990s food culture and this Fresh, constraint placed yeah. on women. I mean, you you're introduced to Linda Tripp with a, a close up of Slim Fast. She's making a right. milk, you know, a, a shake in the morning, and I instantly am like, my mom was doing that at the at the time, and all the uh, low fat, yeah, yeah. I'm like pushed oh my on. God. No, I mean, I mean, this is fat. I mean, I'm. I, I think much of our society has been fascinated with just like how our how our society has uh, has treated women. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm doing what I can to educate myself because I didn't, <laughs> didn't know this was the world. Basically, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 my media intake as a child like taught me that like the there were strong, you know, I was watching like Ripley and Aliens, you know, like yeah, st- yeah. strong women, the heroine. I, that was the, you know, like my I, I grew up with a, a single mom. Uh, you know, my mom was divorced. So like, I be- that's, that's the world I grew up in. So like to be met and understand with all these stories that, that came out of me too. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm part of the problem. Holy shit. I had no idea, you know, like I, so yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't con- know. Yeah. I only knew Monica Lewinsky for like, you're saying the caricature that right. was presented and never right. having some empathy and being like, Oh, that was a person. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so I, I'm like, I, I'm now it's, you know, 20 years on, I'm like, well, how did we end up here? I think a lot of people are. So I'm, I've been so interested to understand what in the world was happening in the world as I was coming online. Yeah. I think also that's where we're talking about, you know, sanitizing some of this stuff. So Monica Lewinsky comes on as a producer with this and she gives notes on all the scripts Obviously, she doesn't have veto power because they're right. making a piece of entertainment. But but I couldn't imagine as like a screenwriter, like okay, Monica's notes are coming in today. Here, well, here that was the you thing. know, like, yeah, I'm gonna. That's gonna bring some weight. You know, there what was I mean? a thing that Monica revealed in the Monica story thing. Her her essentially biography of the of the situation and Sarah Burgess initially did not include. It's her sort of bearing her thong to Bill yeah. Clinton. Yeah, that was in this moments. new episode this week. Um, yeah, been, so that yeah. originally Sarah Burgess did not include, but Monica encouraged her to put it in because she said, I shouldn't get a pass just because I'm a producer. Like you have to put in all of the stuff. It'd be unfair to the team because then right. everybody's vulnerable. It was in the stuff. It was categorized. I said it. Why didn't you put it in there as a piece of the story? That's what happened. I did that. <laughs> you know, I flirted yeah. with him. They, yeah. All of that she wanted in there. So there's a lot of character to that as well. 
presenting as much as she can an objective view from her perspective. If I mean, that should if you're not already interested in her point of view, that should give you an idea of why this is interesting, because this is she could take every pass in the world and make herself look as good as possible. Um, but she be the total victim. Yeah, 100 yeah. um, percent. But she's she's trying to stick to it. Uh, you know, she's letting them know where they're maybe they think they're doing her a favor, but maybe it's doing the story a little bit of a disservice. Um, and she's looking out for everybody. She's like, if you didn't put that, then then the whole creative process would be put into question of right. why did now you put I'm that wrong in as there. a character. You know, like I, like yeah. I if I'm not uh, culpable in this at all, then if I'm not. It's, mm-hmm. Am I not? Am I not? Like, again, it's like, give her the full agency of being a whole person, you know? <laughs> right, what she was, yeah, and is. It kind of made me think about in this, since we're, we often talk about why, why now, obviously she's on board now, but what was coming out at the time yeah. that, of course, she wasn't involved in, but were there other pieces of media that had to do with this beyond just the books, the exposés, and whatnot? There's a phrase called wag the dog which way from the 1870s, but it's about the tail wagging the dog, meaning that like a small thing is actually what's controlling a bigger thing. And it may not seem Mm -hmm. that important. Keep that in mind. The context for this on August 20th, 1998, which was three days after Clinton testified, there were missiles launched against an Al Qaeda base or bases in retaliation for embassy bombings that had happened previously in the year. And some people had said it was a diversion on purpose Mm. by Clinton three days after he testified. And then during the proceedings, there were also bombs launched in Iraq. And then the spring of 99, well, the- Got to save the presidency, launch them. (laughs) Yeah, in the spring of 99, there's a bombing campaign in Yugoslavia, Kosovo, which borders Albania, which is important that it borders Albania. But this was the first time NATO had used military force without endorsement by the UN Security Council. Wow. Look it up. There's tons of stuff about the integrity of the operation, getting tons of scrutiny beyond just the, of the timing of when it was happening, but all of it being done. So back to Wag the Dog. This is a name of a film that had come out in December of 97. So this is one month before the outbreak of the scandal. Yeah. None of this has happened. It is about a fictional president faking a war to distract from a sex scandal. And the country that he goes to war with is Albania. Whoa. What? Making a, so it's... Uh, the trailer's insane. Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro, one of them is a film producer and the other one is the spin doctor for the president. Came, like I said, came out at the end incredible. of 97. Yeah, it's- I wish uh, I had watched this. <laughs> <laughs> I would say go ahead and check. I think it's yeah. on HBO Max or it's on, I think it's on some streaming service when I looked. They predicted the future. Well, it's it's crazy <laughs> because what it's based on is a 93 novel oh, called God. American Hero. And this is- to speculation that Operation Desert Storm by George H.W. Bush was a con. And they, you know, the novel is saying, oh, it was a scripted Hollywood produced ploy to get to his second term. So the book it's doesn't a have a classic sex- American diversion. <laughs> <laughs> well, the book doesn't have a sex scandal, but then the Wag the Dog film, which is based on this book, changes it to a sex scandal. So it's just crazy that then that gets used a lot as, like you said, kind of a prophetic thing of like, oh, well, this also happened three times. Good God. In the span of a year and a half of this going on, crazy that this film came out a month before as a satire, as like, isn't (laughs) this funny? (laughs) Stranger than fiction, right? It's Uh, bizarre. So I couldn't believe that that existed. Wag the dog with 
with lots of Hollywood stars. Just yeah, as, it sounds incredible. It sounds hilarious. As a joke. And then, <laughs> oh, maybe this is actually happening. Yeah. Oh my God. So that brings us to what has happened after her being vilified, slut-shamed, reduced to a punchline. Right. Something very interesting, over 120 rap songs. That's sort of what she jokes about on Twitter. Yeah, it's on her Twitter that, bio. <laughs> that, uh, that reference her pretty much not until Nicki Minaj was her, her name used in a positive sense because Nicki refers to herself as Nicki Lewinsky in 12 of her songs, sort of huh. speaking to the power of her sexuality yeah. and that she can't be stopped. But it's always been for the most part, in a derogatory or yeah. shameful well, sense. We we were just talking off off mic before the episode. It's like it's a, it's we only knew her as a caricature, basically a cartoon of a person. So that and it's why why was she ever presented in that manner? And it's such a shame. It's all it's tragic that her name was attached to this at all mm-hmm. um, because it would have that that would have still existed in the public zeitgeist. It just would have been the unnamed intern. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's just, it's why, why, why was her life wrecked over it? Um, yeah. and seemingly all these women, and that's the the point of the show, all these women have their lives derailed and hijacked. Meanwhile, Bill Clinton comes out the other side and mean basically unscathed. Well, and that's one of the things where she talks later on once she comes out on her views on the responsibility on her end saying, she said, it's a consequence of my own poor choices, which is a a big move to make. She said, sure, my boss took advantage of me, but I will always remain firm on this point. It was a consensual relationship. Any abuse came in the aftermath when I was made a scapegoat in order to protect his position. That's, that's fat. I mean, that's, and that's fascinating to hear her contextualize it like that, because it's what the show did so well in particular this week is it really focused in on Monica's isolation and paranoia Mm -hmm. and what they're trying to show that Linda sees on the surface as, well, she's caught in an abusive relationship. Yeah. Um, This, this girl is not going out because she's afraid she'll miss the phone call. Again, we're talking about 1995, uh, 1996. So, you know, that you miss the phone call, you've missed it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You missed it from the president. You can't call him back. So it's, and and I'd never thought of these things before, but now being an adult, (laughs) I'm like, like, oh my God, I I see right away how how small her world really was. Part of what she was saying, she said in her early 20s, she said, I was too young to understand the real life consequences and too young to see that I would be sacrificed for political expediency. And she's saying like, from her point of view, it was an authentic connection. They had emotional right. intimacy, oh, oh, yeah. oh, visits, yeah. plans made, phone calls, gifts exchanged, like all the stuff that you would think when you're 22. Oh, this is meaningful. To but it's not person. a right. But it, it, and and that's where and that's where the Linda Tripp character is there saying it. But it's not a full one. It's not mm-hmm. a full relationship. There's something yeah. wrong here. Her life was hijacked from her mm-hmm. even before it broke into the media. Um, well, like she was part of the Star Report thing. Uh, they were asking like, okay, your previous work experience. And it's like, well, I didn't have, I went straight from college to this unpaid internship. Yeah. She was saying she was so young. Yeah. Oh, don't let this define you. And she's like, well, I don't, I don't have any, this, I have nothing else to define me in 1998. So I think you can sum it up in, in looking at her now, as she says, she, at the time she thought she wanted a husband and kids and a normal life. And now she is in, you know, her late forties and she has not done those things. So Um, here's what happens to get us to this again. Why now? Why is this show coming out now? 
we had mentioned this book, Monica's Story, that was published in 99, telling right. her story to this biographer. She only made about 500000 from it. And keep in mind, so many legal fees and so much money. Yeah, I'm that betting that wasn't enough. Stuff. Com- no, it, it wasn't. Was, what she was in the middle of that. Yeah, okay, she got a $500,000 check. But if she had a million and a quarter legal, <laughs> right. you know, like, okay, man. And or, her family or, and that is would now be, in I'm debt. Looking, and, it could be multi, multi-million dollars, you know, yeah. it, Come on. Yeah. Against the United States. That's yeah. <laughs> so, this is against the president. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she's, you know, there are scattered pieces of exactly what's going on, but you could just imagine somebody who just got out of college is on the world stage as the first person to be publicly ridiculed on the internet. In her one of her talks, she says, patient zero. <laughs> yeah. you, you are the test of what this is and does to somebody. So she does- This is why this of- is important, because cancel culture is such a hot you know, thing debated right now. But it's like, if you want to boil it down and understand how, where, where did it begin in terms, in this form, Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. And a big part of her then reconciling with all of this is, well, what do I do? My name is recognized. I need to pay off these legal fees. She does a bunch of random stuff, which maybe seems- strange or cashing in, which then got her even more scrutiny, but she was, her name was on a line of handbags. She even did a cameo on Saturday Night Live. Right. She was a spokesperson for Jenny Craig, where they were going to give her a million dollars if she lost 40 pounds in six months, which again, God, treating that, that was a piece of her scrutiny, but they stopped running the ads because people were, they didn't like that she was involved in Jenny Craig. So they only paid her 300,000 of the million. She hosted a a TV show that only ran for five episodes. And then in 2005, the year after Clinton's biography, My Life, came out, where he said hardly anything about it or what she wanted to hear in terms of an apology or anything. She just went underground and hid for the the next 10 years. So she left the US completely, lived in England. What do you do? I mean, what do you do? Well, what she did was she went and went back to school, got her master's in social psychology, And her thesis was in search of the impartial juror and exploration of the third person effect and pretrial publicity. Yeah. And the big thing that opened up her to the public again, she wrote an essay for Vanity Fair titled Shame and Survival in 2014, and then did a TED talk in 2015 talking about the price of shame. It's really, really fat. It's it's great. Go watch it. So this is then her coming out and a lot of the stuff that I get in terms of what she said and, and what we're talking about here comes from both of those things. But one of the things that that put her over the edge to say, well, I'm going to come back out into the world and be a person with a name and something to say about this. In 2010, a guy, Tyler Clementi, was filmed, he didn't know it, in secret from a webcam of kissing another boy. I believe it was in college. And then he committed suicide. Yeah, his roommate uh, filmed them uh without their permission. His roommate set up a camera in their room. Mm-hmm. And so she, she's like, I would never be so presumptuous to equate my story with that because my public humiliation was my involvement with a world figure. So that she said that's her own poor choices. But she was saying this happened and her mother was crying and so gutted by this. And she was like, why? And she was like, just think of his parents. And she's like, oh, she's thinking of- yeah. Tyler is me, and she had wanted to commit suicide many times. And so she realized, like, oh, when is the time for me to stop tiptoeing around my past and other people's futures? Like, it's there's a purpose to my past, and it's not to hide from it. Yeah. Yeah. 
because that's the big takeaway from her TED talk. She said, shame can't survive empathy. I was thinking about this story. Um, mm -hmm. I was thinking about the, the kid in, at the center of it, and I was wondering, because it's almost certain that he knew who Monica Lewinsky was, but right. you would never know what, you know what he would mean to her. It's yeah. fascinating to me, the impact you can have on people you've never met and never thought you would. Um, mm -hmm. You don't know what you don't know what you mean to people. I mean, you see these people are totally unconnected, but it absolutely altered her path. Um, mm -hmm. And and I, I'm thankful she's a voice. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, well, and back in it, taking this all back for herself is, is incredible. Yeah, especially that she wants to be somebody to not have it happen anymore when she was at the forefront of it. And before even social media, but just the internet alone. So I think, you know, she said at now at 44, she said, I'm just beginning to consider the implications of the power differentials that were so vast between a president and White House intern, right. because, right. you know, as she said, she's like, it was a thing that I did also, but right. she's saying, I now see how problematic it was that we even got to that place and that this road was littered with a lot of other things that were inappropriate in terms right. of power authority privilege it only gets anywhere were. if he decides to you know that that is yeah. obvious almost now it's it's then that's what this is all about the sobering it's like oh yeah it's the president of the united states and a 22 year old unpaid intern i think the power imbalance there is pretty evident uh how where somebody should have been the you know the adult in the room and said this is inappropriate you know like yeah <laughs> well i think even where like your fascination with linda tripp i had a fascination looking into the secretary betty yeah. curry and that i don't know what they're going to do with her in the show but that's also an interesting specifically really? female pov yeah. there yeah, was yeah. A, I'll, I'll post a link there was a washington post profiler on her in 98 in this profile, they're saying at times she was having a difficult inner struggle between carrying out her boss's wishes and following on her own sense oh of what God. was right. You know what I mean? I can't believe yeah. like it's yeah. like, oh, well, why didn't she? It's like, really, you're yeah. going to say something as the president's secretary. Right. Also right. beholden to the position, not just what she is. That was much like job, Linda Tripp so. as well. She had been there through the past administration and you're right, right. all around the White House. Um it's a very interesting thing to then, you know, that from that point of view, when people are coming, it's a revolving door of a position. Eventually, you know, you're going to mm -hmm. go through some, some different people. So it, that I, I just found, especially in the first episode, that that idea, public servant finding their place and through transition was just fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see what they might do at that point of view of Betty, the, the actual uh, presidential secretary because that's mm -hmm. that's a, that is uh I mean, she's been she's been there just a little bit more so in the second right. episode but they i think there definitely is room for that here um, yeah so that so that is why this is being made now is because monica Lewinsky is back it is the time and place to confront the thoughts yeah. about now is the time to point process of the, you know what what happened then i mean it couldn't be a better time to pull this out and talk about this oh yeah Thank you guys for, sure. for coming on this journey with us. We hope that this was uh, useful to you. Thank you, Taylor. Uh, incredible job this week. Thank you. Uh, hit us up at IlliteratePod on Instagram. Let us know what you're reading. Let us know what you're waiting on to come on TV or going to be released on streaming. Where are you going to go see at the theater? You never know when we might do an episode on something you want to know all about. So until next week, see you then.